On Aviation Podcast. All right, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the On Aviation Podcast. I'm your host, Orlando Spencer, and with me today, as usual, is Daniel and Zioka. And today, what we want to talk about is central bank digital currencies and the possible effects on the aviation industry, right? So before we get started, Daniel, go ahead and and, and uh, kind of give your own preamble to this topic as well. Right, yeah. So um, I think CBDCs have been uh, pretty much something that not many people are quite familiar uh, with. Uh, I, to be honest, is some, this is something that I started looking into um, at the beginning of the year after it started trending, um, I got to realize that it's actually being adapted um, across the world by some countries. Uh, we're pretty much a little bit late on um, having this kind of system implemented on in the U.S., but um, I don't see much good of it, to be honest. I just think it's, an, it's a means for the Fed to make printing money much easier and also having some sort of control. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thought, Orlando. What are your thoughts? And, yeah, we're going to dive right into it. I think I'm in alignment with you on that. <laughs> you know, I'm in alignment with you on that. Let's first go ahead and define kind of what are CBDCs, what are central bank digital currency. And the first thing we want our listeners to know is that central bank digital currencies are not to be mistaken for cryptocurrencies. They're not the same thing. They're different. Okay. Cryptocurrencies are built on the blockchain. They're built with a certain uh, ledger structure. Uh, they have a certain way of validating who owns what, who owns how much amount of the cryptocurrency. And in the case of Bitcoin, Bitcoin is limited to a certain amount of coins that could ever be mined, which controls the supply of coin, which also controls inflation. All right. And so in essence, over time, if currency like a cryptocurrency like bitcoin is used you have slow deflation over time meaning a reduction in the money supply relative to goods and services which means that as you earn more you you spend less and it's almost like the you know the the 17th or say the, the 19th century when everything was going good but the middle of the 19th century on up when things were going good in the united states you had price reductions where the productivity was really good and the supply of money was relatively stable because it was pegged primarily to gold. And so that's what you primarily see there. As for central bank digital currencies, they're using the terminology, but they're not the same thing because they're really a digital form of already fiat paper money and and fiat mean fiat mean by decree we say it's money so it's money all right uh and not just that the government say this is what we're going to use as legal tender so you use it but people also have faith in the thing as well so it's it's being accepted so that's a that's how you should look at central bank digital currency as just a digital form of regular money now something to note here is that we already have digital form of paper money. A lot of what we use are on cards. They are not necessarily paper. I believe right. so f- currently right now, it's only about 2% or so, if my, if my memory serves correctly, about 2% or so of 
actual money in the economy, say the U.S. economy, is paper. The rest of it is on mm -hmm. cards and debit cards and you know transfers between accounts. And now you have Venmo, PayPal. You have all these things. You actually don't handle cash that much, right? Some places do, but you don't handle cash yeah. that much. So in an in essence, there is already a digital currency. However, it is not central bank digital currency, and the central is the important part. So as we go down to the arguments for and the arguments against central bank digital currency, then you kind of get the idea of why the central part of it is important rather than just having it digital because most of the money we use today is quite digital. Daniel, what do you think about that? Yes, I think it's 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 pretty much digital. I To be honest, it's been a very long time since I handled cash, um, uh, especially in California. So many businesses have adapted to using just cards. Um, the only time I use cash is probably like, uh, I think two years ago in Pennsylvania when I had to use a laundry machine. I haven't touched coins during, uh, ever since. But yeah, I think a lot of things have been digitized. So I don't think this is bringing much difference in that aspect, whereby um, a lot of things are you know, going to be even more digitized. That's already happened. The main thing that I feel is happening is that there's now a, not sure if I should call it pivot, uh, but a center from for where money is going to pass through when you're transferring so it feels more of like a means for the fed to control or see what's happening on the transfers or where money's flowing through uh but yeah that's 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 pretty much what i see right now i don't think it's adding anything again my friend i agree with you on that one and we're going to talk a little bit more about the idea of calling it cr digital currency and then it's already digital money already and what that means for a possible implementation. We'll talk about that. But what about the arguments for central bank digital currency? Now, we wrote two articles, right? Last week, we wrote an article about, you know, we titled Central Bank Digital Currency, Net Positive for Aviation. We asked the question, is a net positive for aviation? And the argument that we laid out there through another piece that Daniel Lakayahe did was that central bank digital currency is not good, all right? Uh, and then another one we wrote, we promised that we're going to write another one, and we we were hard-pressed to find a lot of articles saying that this thing is a great thing, all right? And we found one from the World Economic Forum, and some people like them, some, I'm not sure, not a lot of people like them. They get a lot of backlash from what they're trying to do. You know, you'll, you'll own nothing and be happy, let's eat bugs and all that good stuff, uh, we don't know. Um, so they had they had some some concerns too as well in terms of security and so on. But for the most part, they think that this is a great thing. Okay, they think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so the, the argument for C CBDCs is that you can better control the environment, the economic environment, because you don't have the middleman, which is the which are right. the banks, and you can finally tune where you want to put money in terms of monetary policy. Right. And so you'll reduce the risk of recessions because you can manipulate the monetary po monetary policy down to the grand, the, 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 the finest granularity, so to speak. And I think that's what the, the big the big thing for it is. And that works well for government that work well for central government that work well for central planners. 
But that doesn't work for the market very well because the market cannot plan when one person or a group of people are are trying to just move this thing up and down. We've, we've tried it with interest rates. It doesn't really work out very well. And so the argument against is using the same point that if you can control the money supply, it is the money supply in the first place that's causing the problem. It, it is the monetary policy, rather, that's causing these problems. The, the, the manipulation of the money supply that's causing these problems. And so by manipulating the money, by being able to even greater, in, in a greater way, manipulate the money supply, you'll have even more boom and bust. You'll have even more malinvestments. You have even more problems because at the end of the day, and what, what I believe is that you can always manipulate the money. You, you can always push money out. You can do this. But the one thing that no one can control is the behavior of people unless you put them on the servitude. You can't control their behavior. Yeah. So you can put right. money all you want. You can stimulate this. You can stimulate that. But once people lose faith in something, you just cannot control them. So the people is the equation that central planners and all these different things since cbdc's whatever it is always have a problem with and so what you notice which we talk about implementation is the ideology so to, to change people behavior you change the ideology and that's how you get probably get this thing adapted but the argument against is that hmm. is that what a lot of people call the, the, the keynesian you're right lord maynard keynes was you know very very popular in the 30s and upward hmm. and it, we're, we're 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 operating under his pretty much his economic principles, uh, which a lot of people have debunked. Right, the Chicago School, the Austrian School, has debunked this economic principle, and but we're still living under it. And so, we can do more of that. We have more of the uh, modern monetary policy. I read a book from uh, Stephanie, Dr. Stephanie Kelton. Who had a you know the idea behind that book is the government can print any money they want if they're the sovereign country that prints their own money that has their own money right and so that stuff leads to inflation i believe but the idea is the idea against the the argument against rather cbdc's is that cbdc's will cause federal reserve the federal reserve and central banks to manipulate the money supply even more, which will cause even greater problems. It seems as if it's going to solve stuff, but it's going to cause greater problems. So that's the argument against. Another thing that's going to happen, what they're trying to do, they're getting rid of the banks. Because here's what happened. If COVID lockdown, let's take 2008. COVID was a little bit different. Let's take 2008. 2008 banking crisis, the government put, the economic crisis, the government, the Federal Reserve punched a bunch of money through the government and Treasury, put a bunch of money, monetary fiscal policy, put a bunch of money in the economy, or give the banks a bunch of reserves, but the bank didn't use those reserves. The bank didn't lend out the money because the bank felt like, we don't lend out this money. These people can't pay by this money, so they don't lend out the money. So the problem the central banks face is that as they try to stimulate the economy, the middleman, the banks are like, oh, we're not doing that, right? So they hold the money reserves yeah. in reserves, right? And take a small, you know, because the Fed pays them if they keep the, with the Feds, the Feds pays them a funds rate. So like, we'll take the Fed's funds rate because it's risky out there. So the money's not being circulated. So the bank has the money, mm. just holding the money, right? What the Federal Reserve, what the, the central banks can do 
is cut out the banks and give you a Fed coin, for example. They call it coin. I talk about that. We'll talk a little bit more about implementation. They call it coin. They give you a Fed coin. And if they give you a Fed coin, that goes directly to your your wallet. You can spend that. But at the same time, they can take that back. They can give you a negative interest rate if you hold the money too long and not spending certain things. It can always go down to a point where you're like, oh, we don't like what you're buying. We're not going to give you money for that. Or we're going to cancel any purchase on, say, you shouldn't be eating pork, right? Uh, as an Adventist, right? You know, they say you shouldn't be eating pork. And you're not going to yeah. buy pork. And so every time you go to buy pork, right. then the coin don't work. So because you can manipulate the coin because it's completely digital. So those are the arguments mm-hmm. against. But the, the, the thing, though, is how could this be implemented in, in the U.S. economy? So the first thing is that a large number of people don't, as I've said before, they're very wary about this stuff. right? We have all the problem with the printing of money already. Once we came up the gold standard, once we we... We closed the gold window in, 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 in the 70s with, 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 with President Nixon. Um, we've just been on a paper standard and we've been engaging with, we've been experiencing inflation the whole time. And so, you know, people just don't trust this stuff. So how do you do it? The first thing is that we've been using digital money for a long time. Venmo, PayPal, Zelle. Uh, we've been using, especially with PayPal, started at uh, Zelle, credit cards, debit cards. I think... Sweden, yeah, I think it's Sweden. Those guys don't even use money. No one would take your money if you're in Sweden, right? I believe it's Sweden, right? And so mm-hmm. people are used to that. Now, then you name it digital currency. It's familiar. It's hot. It's popping. It's 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 a Bitcoin lookalike. It's an Ether lookalike, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Ethereum lookalike. So it, you know it could work. So you blend those two together, right? right? But it's not, as we said before, it's not Bitcoin. It's not cryptocurrencies, right? But they're using that as an implementation. So the idea would be to slowly roll this stuff up. The Federal Reserve's talk about doing a pilot project. I believe it's Citigroup and and Citigroup and Wells Fargo is going to be doing this pilot project. Just to talk yeah. a little bit about folks who already have this going. China already got this going. The Caribbean is all the way in this stuff, right? And, Right, mm-hmm. so Jamaica is already in this stuff. A lot of the other Caribbean countries are already in this stuff, right? So they've already set up shop with, with, the, with the digital, with the central bank digital currency. And you find that Caribbean will be one of doing this a lot more because they need to manipulate their money even more because the economy slump is has been in a slump in the Caribbean for decades, and they're mm-hmm. they're struggling with their money supply and all that good stuff. So um, they're definitely gonna want to do that. So we'll see some people learn right. that the Federal Reserve is saying, oh, we're going to do a pilot project. We're going to see how it works because they know the Americans are not for that for the most part. However, how they'll roll this stuff out is, one, with the cues we talked about before, you're used to digital money already. Okay, money on money on plastic, mm-hmm. money on screens. You're used to that stuff already. Oh, we name it. We give it a name, right? We give right. it the digital currency name. Fine, good. So it's familiar, okay? So that's how you transition people, right? You take the familiar you take something you're used to, and you turn it into something new, right? You you see us do that in our products as well. When we're when we're working with our clients, they're working yeah. with the old system, and we need them to get on a new system that is better for them. But their mind is still stuck in the old system. Well, so what we do, we help them to transition yeah. by giving them something familiar, but mm-hmm. new. All right, and that's one of the reasons why yeah. you see the Apple keyboard on your in your iPhone. It still has a QWERTY screen. It still does have a QWERTY screen, right. a QWERTY key keyboard. QWERTY keyboards keyboard, are yeah. inefficient, completely inefficient, right? And so because it's mm-hmm. inefficient, 
right? The Apple, what Apple does is put AI into the thing to allow you to type a lot better, but they tried changing the keyboard. It didn't work. They just keep the old keyboard. So that's the idea. Get you to a better uh-huh. system, but keeping the old standards. So that's what they're going right. to do with this thing, right? In terms of moving it forward. But before I move on, I want to hear your thoughts about the implementation itself and how they do this. But before I let you go real quick, let me talk a little bit about when is the best time. Maybe I'm putting ideas in their head, but when is the best time to put this role listing out? You have the ideas about mm-hmm. digital currency. You have you you. It sounds good. It sound it sounds familiar, and you're used to digital money. How they'll roll this stuff out is wait for an economic crisis, and say, oh, we're gonna give you a stimulus uh, money, yeah. but this time it's gonna be on a Fed coin. Get your Fed coin, yeah. and so people get get used because they need the money, so they get used to spending it that way, doing it that way. I do not, in the long run, see much resistance to this stuff. From the from the from the from everyone, be given how the the, mm-hmm. the strategy for rolling this stuff out will be right. But let me turn it over yeah. to you to hear your thoughts a little bit more about this. Yeah, I think I have the very same thought. I do not think people are going to resist this, and I feel like the only reason, as you mentioned, the only reason they're doing this right now is because of the kind of economic situation we were in, and um, now that things uh, are looking like this, they're probably thinking that. It's probably good that we should have this in place so that next time if it happens, um, they have probably a lot uh, better control of how of how the economy is gonna um, is is gonna react. So I don't I don't think people are gonna oppose this because uh, this is it's it's just one of those things that people just look over. They don't think too much about it. What matters to them is um, if it's gonna be affecting them or. Um, if it's gonna take take away finances, but this the way it's being put out there, it's not like that. It's not telling people that you might have a negative um, a negative um, interest uh, if if you ever invest in a Fed coin. So that's I, I don't think that's something many people will look into, and I think it's definitely gonna take off. And all I can do is just hope that. It's not gonna have a negative. Uh, it's it's not gonna have a negative effect on our economy. But um, what I look forward to is just better control of um, inflation. I'm not sure if they're gonna use this to better that. I'm not sure if it's even possible to use it for that. Um, but I, I I do think that tweaking the economy from time to time just so things look good instead of fixing them just makes things worse. Uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. And I think you have a point there too, right? Because the point you're making is that you know it, it may not make anything better. In fact, governments generally want inflation, right? And it, it is clear that if I owe you a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and I have the ability to create dollars, if I create another hundred dollars, then the hundred dollars mm-hmm. you own is worth 50% less. Does that make sense? And so yeah. if the government owns trillions of dollars in debt and then they can print more money, but the purchasing part of the money goes down, they actually are repudiating some of the debt. They're actually saying, oh, they're actually getting rid of some of the debt because the actual value, even though they're paying the same dollar amount, the actual value mm-hmm. of the money is lower. So they're actually, in a sense, defaulting on their debt in a sense. But that's an, another topic for another time. So what I'm saying is that Mm -hmm. if you implement central bank digital currencies and government all generally, generally 
has the no, the, the propensity to print and spend is going to be inflationary. All right, there's a lot of programs to pay for. Mm. There's a lot of interest groups need to be taken care of, and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. Right. So, thanks for that. The our right. listeners may be wondering, okay, well, how does this affect the aviation industry? And uh, but we've always said this: the aviation industry does not operate in a bubble. It may be regulated. It may have some things that it does little bit differently from everywhere else but in terms of an economic perspective it is still a relatively free market and it is, it's affected by the market and so what we see in terms of implementing cbdc's in the industry it's the same things that we've been talking about earlier but one of the things that we're seeing we, we would expect to see is that mm -hmm. the aviation industry would be even more captive than people going through an economic crisis and here's why. Right. One, the aviation industry is highly regulated by the by you know the FAA, uh, the Federal Aviation Administration, and mm -hmm. by extension the government. And so, also when there's a challenge in the economy, the mm -hmm. aviation industry gets a lot of support from the government. The last time pandemic, you got a bunch of money, billions and billions. I think it was twenty one billion dollars, I believe, or something around around about there. And or 60 billion, some number there, right? And so they got a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Now, in time of crisis, okay, rather than getting the money through the bank, the Fed says, you're getting your money from us, and this will be a part of the Fed coin system. All right? We're getting mm -hmm. the money. We need to survive. Okay, give us the money. Then on the other hand, the customers right. who are flying with the airlines have Fed coins. What the airlines going to say? We don't want your Fed coin. No, they're already plugged into the Federal Reserve System and they can accept FedCoin mm -hmm. and it's money. So they're going to take the money. So even in the aviation industry, from the consumer point perspective and the business perspective, you can expect that a rollout, if it's done strategically by the central banks, right? If it's done strategically mm -hmm. by the central bank, it will be accepted, right? And so... Right. While we are talking here, I know you know our listeners may be wondering. So, what side of the fence that you uh, you are on? And we'll talk about that as we go on the podcast. We're definitely going to touch that, but we want to make sure that we let folks mm -hmm. know that everything we're saying in this podcast also relates to the aviation industry. It's it's not a bubble. And so, as we've said before, the two points to this is that on one side you have the consumers who would have had Fed coins again based on how we discuss how the implementation would have done, would have would have been implemented in a crisis along with those mm -hmm. familiar cues by the consumer. Then mm -hmm. the other piece of it is that you have the aviation industry airlines in particular who gets a lot of support from the, the government. And if the mm -hmm. feds decides and the government and the fed decide, treasury and fed decide that this is going to be how we're going to send this money to them so we can roll out the fed coin, roll out the CBDC, then that's what they're going to mm -hmm. do. They're gonna do. And, and so in essence, the airlines are even more captive than than. People. And, and, and so you? one of the things that I think is the the, the industry itself, again, is dependent uh, on the government during times of you know, challenges as a recession, economic crisis, and so on. I think one of the reasons you've, you've touched one of the points, the one of the point is that the aviation industry will uh, 
not just will, but they are somewhat vulnerable. They are too big to fail. They get into that category. Too big to fail. We need the industry. We do need commerce yeah. to be moved. We need this. We need that. A lot of it is lobbying as well. All right. So just just make sure you remember that. Yeah. Right. And so. Right. That's a big part of it. A lot of it as well are jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it are jobs. So in inside that inside that all of that comes together to give you an industry that just cannot go anywhere. I wonder if the same thing happens for the mm-hmm. shipping industry. I know that you have some laws that the shipping industry get are very favorable to the shipping industry, but does it have affect the shipping industry? And we move more cargo by ship than by plane, right? Uh, much more important right. cargo than by plane. It's pretty much box and styrofoams and electronics that you move by plane, right? And paper. Yeah. All right. And right. so I think there's a lot more that goes into it than just how much they're shipping people traveling back and forth that's a big thing as well uh so there's a lot more that goes into it right but let's talk a little bit about the outlook you know mm-hmm. as central bank digital currencies are rolled out as you roll this stuff out you push this stuff forward what exactly can we expect within the aviation industry and you know it, i believe that what's going to happen is that as you roll this mm-hmm. stuff out you'll take the biggest players within an economy and you yep. have them slowly incorporate this into their operations. So, for example, currently we talk about a pilot project being done by with the Fed coin, with the Federal Reserve here. And right now mm-hmm. we're talking about the, the U.S. because the U.S. will see more resistance to this thing than a lot of other countries, right? So some countries right. uh, will just adopt this stuff and then the government says, yeah, you're doing this and then, okay, we're doing this, right? And so... Right. The U.S. has seen more, a lot more, a lot more uh, resistance. And so to get over those resistance of those points we talked about before, but you use those key those key players within the economy. The, the same folks, the same companies that are considered too big to fail are going to be the one, the same ones that get the bailouts and the support. The Fed is going to go back and say, hey, you know, you know, we scratch your back. So our back is itching right now. So, you know, it's time for <laughs> yeah. you to return the favor. And they're going right. to say, okay, uh, you know, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, or wherever these large banks are, they're going to go to, and they're going to go to the airline, the, the aviation industry and say, okay, airlines, we've supported you on this stuff. Here's what you do. Fed coin, we're implementing this. Start rolling this out in your coupons. Give it away for free, right? Your gift cards. Yeah. Okay. Give it in the mm-hmm. gift cards. It's got to be free at first, right? It's going to be stimulated. So it, it, it does it, it does two things for the government. It stimulates the mm-hmm. economy, which they say stimulate, but there's no way of stimulating the economy. Thomas Sowell taught me that you don't stimulate an economy, right? There's no stimulating anything, right? Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. quote unquote, stimulate the economy and mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, introduce and uh, percolate, if you will, into the economy, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Fed coin. And so... That's a way of doing it. I, mm-hmm. I, maybe they're thinking about this. Probably some of their should be smart people, or maybe I'm giving them ideas. But that's how you would do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, would this yeah. be a good thing? I believe no. Okay. No. Yeah. For the AVH industry, it would not. The, the, the very thing that the that the World Economic Forum article talks about reducing the the, the prospect for inf- for recessions and so on, it actually will exacerbate mm-hmm. this. In fact, during during say between the entire 19th century when you had the panic of mm-hmm. 19 i think it's 19 18 19 and 
you have all these a lot of you know recessions and so on they they got over mm-hmm. with quick some of them within three to six months the, the economy is back up and, and running properly we got into this problem mm-hmm. since we had the federal reserve and since it got worse when we came up with the gold standard so in my mm-hmm. view i believe it's going to be worse for some folks, it's going to be good mm-hmm. because a lot of the wealth we see in the tech sector is because of easy money policy. So some folks will get wealthy, right. no doubt. Those who are connected. Yeah. So I was, you know, I think Ray Dalio is pretty good. He has some good books. I was listening to one of his books, The Debt Cycle, uh, reading one of his books, The Debt Cycle, and he talks about the debt cycle and some other things. And one of the things that strikes me mm-hmm. is uh, not just the, the fact that he subscribed to what we just talked about. I think he subscribed to the Keynesian model of economics. Mm-hmm. What surprised me is that Ray Dalio didn't talk about the fact that Bridgewater is one of the most connected institutions in the country. And therefore, they mm-hmm. would have access to whatever monetary policy first. And so, mm-hmm. while we're, we're not chastising anybody, but that's important to note because the, those who get the money first benefits and those who get the last benefit. For example, let's give you a quick example here. I lend you $100. You lend me $100, but I have the ability to print money. And I print, I go ahead, I went ahead and I print $500 more. Okay? Right. So your money just mm. went down tremendously, right? Probably down to, I think it was about 20% now, right? So now your money went down to about 20% or so, all right, of what it used to value. But that doesn't happen mm. right away. So Cantillion was, a, was, 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 a, was a, an entrepreneur. Uh, back in the day, well, I think it was like 200 years ago, right, or so, yeah. that wrote, we have mm-hmm. called the Cantillion Effect. And what that does, it means that if I get money, if I print, you, I lend you in the, in the economy, I lend you, you're the only person in the economy um, for now when I lend you the money, $100, and I print $500 more, and five other people come in the economy, or one other, one, five other people come in the economy, and I give the $500 to mm-hmm. one person. At the moment that $500 go to that one person, say the well-connected institution, say the Bridgewater, the, the BlackRock, and so on, right? And again, this is how things work. We're not trying to chastise anyone. When they get the money, the prices mm-hmm. of goods and services are still the same. It's only when they start spending it. So they get the money first. Mm-hmm. They spend at current prices, but they're spending drive-up prices. And then the people get the money after, that the people who... Do this goods and serve provide the goods and services and they pay their employee they start spending the money when the prices have already gone up so in an inflationary yeah. environment and uh inflationary meaning putting more money in the economy increasing the money supply those who get the money first benefit first so i find it pretty pretty mm-hmm. interesting that he didn't mention that because he, they're well connected in the economy and therefore they'll get the money first and that's what you see with silicon the silicon valley firms and for example, Silicon Valley right. Bank and all these these tech firms, they're they're connected in such a way. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some of these companies, even banks, even have their own account with the Fed. So I mean, they get Fed rates, and getting the lower rate mm-hmm. with the Fed mean that you get money at a ch- money cheaper, and therefore you get them pretty much get the money first. And when they get the money, and then they spend the money in the tech the tech stuff and doing all these things, they benefit mm-hmm. a lot more. They get the wealth, they get the benefit of it first. And then afterward, right? It's like gradual. It's like, you know, uh, it. It's not just one. You spend the money now and then. The next person just see massive inflation. It's slowly. Next person spend it. Price goes up even more. Next person spend it. Price goes up even more. And so, 
that's what I believe happens with some of these firms. And so you've got to think about it mm-hmm. that way when you think about some of these some of these things that you see happening in the in 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 the markets and what uh, what happens there. Now, for example, say the aviation industry and the airlines, they get this money and they say, okay, we're going to pass this through to our customers through gift cards. Okay, great. The customers love it. Wow, this is great. They get the money. They 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 put the money in the economy first. And passing the, the, the money through gift card, it's not free because they'll tie the gift card to some kind of promotion or some kind of thing. Right. So you have to fly. So they're spending that money. So when they spend that money mm-hmm. in the economy and then the consumers get that gift card, spend the gift card, then the gift card that rolls back into employees pay on all that good stuff. And then what happens yeah. is that the price goes up. But when the airlines get the money, prices were relatively the same what they were, that the instant they got it. Okay. And by the time it started getting spending them in the economy, then prices start going up. So that's mm-hmm. called the cantillion effect. And so you can expect that to happen, right? So those who are connected will still do right. good. Right. Those who are, you know, the, mm-hmm. the day laborer, the janitor, those folks that literally get the money last, those folks are the folks that are going to have a, have a tough time. But the economy will still continue. Mm-hmm. You have a more wealthier people, less more. Um, no, the, the, what I meant to say is that the wealth gap will widen and so on even yeah. more. And then you might not have you might have a, not have a strong middle class, because strong middle class depends on stable, stable money and so on and so forth, more jobs, but and, uh, a bunch of different factors. But what I'm trying to say is that those who get the money first benefit more than those who are connected, right? Whether you think that's good or right. bad, that's you. I can give you my opinion, but you have to make your own decision as whether you think that's good or bad. Some people might think, well, yeah. heck, it's, it's best to just work my butt off, get connected, and get to where I need to get the money first. Since we can't control these people, we're just going to get the money first. Okay, more power to you. Mm-hmm. You just got to think about where you are, how you look at things. You know, uh, there's a saying that I was I, I was raised with, early bird catches the worm, right? The, the banks yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and the, these connected institutions, hedge funds and, and say, for example, the airlines now getting this Fed coin, they're well connected. They're early bird. They catches the worm. Yeah. They catch the worm, right? They're, they're good. They catch a worm, mm-hmm. right? But I also add to that when I used to hear that as a kid, even as a kid, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Because if you're early bird and you catch the worm, what happened to the worm? The worm gets eaten. So if you're a worm, don't go early, right? Or don't go there at all. Stay away. Do something else because you're going to get eaten, all right? And so yeah, early worm yeah. catches the worm, uh, but, the, but the worm will be eaten. So those yeah. were at the bottom of the worms, right? And those were at the top of the bird. I would say just don't go, right? Just go yeah. get your money in Bitcoin. Or I'm not advertising anything. I'm going to say get Bitcoin. Get some asset that you can control, right? So just yeah. want to kind of end with that there and and you know just wrap up on that it's it's a little bit crazy thought that we had at the end there but it's something you guys can think about but danny as we wrap up here any final thoughts on your end uh yeah no no final thoughts but uh yeah i'm just looking forward to see how this goes i'm not sure how long it's going to take for the government to enroll or the fed to enroll this uh program but yeah i'm just curious to see how this uh, this is going to turn out i'm curious to hear what the audience has to say about this Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Danny. And with that, folks, that wraps up another episode of our podcast. We kind of got a little crazy at the end there. But thank you for joining us again on this one and see you on the next one. Bye bye now.